Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, that as rich guys would do epic shit. And now, your host, that's Hybin. If this is empty, this doesn't matter. Glad you were home. I'm always home. I'm on tour. Me too. You're doing great, dude. The only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're on cool. This is my advice to you. And I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. Wrong Tribe Confounds, The Right Tribe Compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. Hello, GoBros. This is Jamie Gruber. I'm sitting in as a guest host for Pat Hyben, so I hope I did him some justice on the Hello, GoBros, or hey, GoBros, whatever he says to begin this. But happy to be here with fellow GoBro, Mr. Mark Jeffries, who is out in the uh, Colorado area and is in commercial multifamily finance. So, Mark, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jamie. Really, really glad to be connected with you this afternoon. Glad to have you here. Glad to have you here. So let's start with a little bit of backstory on you. So why don't you give us kind of the the three, four, five minute, uh, you know, childhood through now. Who are you? Who's Mark Jeffries? Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, grew up here in the Denver area. You know, have have pretty much stayed here my my whole life. But I yeah, grew up here, went to high school here. You know, played a little football, played some football in college here in Colorado as well at Northern Colorado. And uh, after college, got into commercial real estate business. You know, kind of followed my father's footsteps. He was in you know commercial real estate debt and equity. You know, forty fifty years now. So got in, worked with him for a while. Now work for a big national commercial debt and equity company called Northmark. Six years now I've been at Northmark. But all in all, about 17 years in that business. And then just as kind of offshoots from that, I've got into some development projects, mostly in the Western U.S. Have owned rental properties at various times, don't own any at the moment. Um, <laughs> just, just kind of into these development projects. And, you know, quite frankly, you know, commercial real estate, debt and equity, and multifamily debt and equity takes up so much of my time and is such a great business. Things are good. Things are really good. I have a uh, soon-to-be-five-year-old boy, uh, just one child. And uh, yeah, I mean, Colorado is a tough place to leave. I'm a big outdoors guy, summer and winter. So You get sunshine so there like 300 days a year. That's the right. part that I love about Colorado. Right, right. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, you get the snow, but it's never really, it doesn't feel like it plunges into that deep, deep cold like you get in the Northeast or where I am up in Michigan. You know, you get, right. you, know, you get cold enough, but not like, you know, crippling cold. So good place to be. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so real quick, going back football, what position did you play? I was a tight end in high school and that's, uh, 
that's when I played my first couple years. And then it was kind of a situation where I was a big blocking tight end and we had a number of offensive linemen get hurt. And so they basically said, you're gaining weight playing offensive line now. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's how that ended for me, you know, playing guard and tackle, putting on a ton of weight. I was, you know, 280, 285 pounds at one point. Wow. Um, but, you know, never big enough to go to the next level. Sure. And never fast enough to totally make it as a tight end. So ah, that's great. I'm but sure there are a ton of stories, though, from playing, uh, from playing back yep. in those days. So good for you. Good for you. That's awesome. Let's dive into uh, some, of the, some of the stats. We call it the baseball card, the one sheet, right, on, on Mark Jeffrey. So let's get a little bit of information on you. Uh, we'll dive right into it. I know when Pat does this, he's just like right to the point. So I'll start with the first question. Let's talk about horizontal income. You mentioned rentals. Uh, right now, you don't have any, but maybe give us a little story on that because it sounds like you've been in, out. Why don't you give us a little background on that? Yeah, you know, I've had a few over the years, sold the last one uh, a few years ago when I figured the market had peaked and needed capital to go into some development projects that I'm a partner in. You know, looking back, that was maybe not the smartest thing to do because obviously rental properties and any residential real estate here in the Denver area has just done nothing but gone up. What was the uh, timeline? When did you own and what were they? Were they like um, some family? I think I bought my first property in 2003, actually. And then uh, got got rid of that and a couple others around 2016, 2017 was when I, you know, kind of needed the cash to go into particularly one bigger project that is is still ongoing. You know, it was a big land development play and uh, actually have a, a couple others like that, that, uh, that I'm, that I'm involved with that are at various stages, uh, various property types. You know, the bigger one is assisted living. Ask you that. Okay. We'd actually uh, taken that through entitlements and thought we had it, uh, you know, had it under contract to sell and then COVID happened. Um, so that fell through and we're, we're kind of just, you know, figuring out if, if we develop that or if we sell it to somebody else, you know, that's a property type that scares a lot of people at the moment just because of the potential liability issues with COVID and, you know, some of the horror stories you've heard. I think that'll normalize. I mean, the demographics are obviously very good for, uh, you know, baby boomer oriented projects like that. And then uh, involved with a project in, in Utah, you know, 10 or 15 minutes from, from Park City, uh, that's townhomes, condos, um, some apartments, uh, finally in various stages of, of construction. Uh, but we got into, into those projects, you know, around that 2015, 16, 17 timeframe. So you're uh, percolating. You're percolating right now. Things are kind of, yeah. things are happening left and right. Right, right, right. But it, it's, you know, there, there's a lot to be said for, for having passive income and, uh, you know, not having it right now and being involved with deals that, you know, will, will soon pay off very well, but aren't at the moment, you know, a lot of pressure to, to get deals done in my, you know, nine to five business. So, absolutely, which is okay. It's, it's been great. So things have been great. For commercial real estate, apartment debt and equity, yeah, we had a phenomenal 2020, which is a, is a blessing. It certainly did not seem like that was going to be the case in March or April. I think for a lot of folks in real estate in general, you know, felt like things were going to be tough after that, and they've been great. Uh, so we're just continuing to roll, and it, it seems like uh, 2021 will be a good year. It's interesting when 2020 hit. I mean, we talked a lot in abundance about you know 
cut down expenses, you know, get thin, you know, you're going to have vacancy, the whole night. We all panicked a little bit at the beginning of that. And it's funny how between stimulus and other factors, things just didn't quite materialize that, you know, there was some pain for sure. I mean, there's plenty of pain out there generally, but it didn't materialize to the degree, I think that there was fear that it would in the beginning. But it's interesting. So the yeah. year you mentioned in about a year, you, you've got these things kind of rolling and you're looking for the payoff then. I'm kind of curious. So in a year, if we were interviewing you, if you go with like, you know, you have the high, I'm sure of like, wow, if this hit, if everything hits, whew, this is going to be this big. If nothing hits, obviously that's neither scenario is probably realistic, but if you hit reasonably close to what you think is reasonable, if you hit close to what's reasonable, what is your, what's your horizontal income? What percentage will you be in a year if that does hit for based on your projections on all these projects you're working on? In a year, you know, probably 50 to a hundred percent or, uh, wow. you know, something in that range. Um, just based on some some you know apartment units at one of the projects that that will be finished and presumably leased at that time. Yeah. Some some of the other stuff is uh, you know units being sold and uh, other things are a little bit further out than that. But um, but yeah, that, that's kind of where that'll put me. Very cool, very cool. And it's not like I mean, you said you bought in two thousand three, sold in twenty sixteen seventy. It's not like you didn't catch a lot of the run up. I mean, if you sold in 09 or 07 or oh eight, like that would have that could have sucked, right? But you sold. I mean, you're right. There was room to go between twenty seventeen and twenty twenty, but I'm sure you did still pretty well on those deals. And it makes sense that if you've got these deals that will get you literally from zero to maybe a hundred percent of your of your uh, expenses covered, that's uh, it's not bad. A little patience pays off, yeah. right? Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. The wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. Okay, let's dive into, we talked about horizontal income. Yeah, let's dive into some of your health stats. So let's talk about weight body fat percentage, those kind of stats. Give us some sense of, sure. of uh, where you stand right now. Yeah, you know, I'm 230 pounds, but I'm over six foot four. That's down about 25 pounds from two years ago. Wow. So, uh, so body fat is about 14%, which is down substantially over the last couple of years. What do you attribute uh, that to? What, what changed? What happened? You know, for me, I, um, I stopped eating refined sugar entirely. That was a big one. Yeah, the, for whatever reason, it seems like with my body chemistry, refined sugar just makes me fat, you know, just straight up. Amen. Uh, yeah. And I think I, before I was, you know, drinking a lot of Cokes and things like that. that and then uh, workout routine, you know, just generally better diet, you know, lower carb diet is what I stick to. What's the I workout protein. routine look like? You mentioned that. What do you, what do you um, do? How many times a week and what do you do? About a year and a half ago, I got into CrossFit so three to four days a week, I'm doing that, you know, barring injury, which seems to come up from time to time. With, it's like with football, that. 100% of CrossFitters get some sort of injury. Right, yeah. right, right. So yeah, a little cardio that I mix in on the side on my own. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, hitting that as hard as, I, as my body will, will allow me to. And sticking to that diet, you know, about a year ago, I kind of got down to this 230 range and... Uh, you know, I, my body fat continues to, to drop. Uh, my strength continues to increase. Uh, and, you know, things are just generally better. I feel better, you know, as I continue this course. I mean, I'm sure I could go uh, more hardcore with like a keto program, 
Um, but I feel like I'm in a good, sustainable place. Which, talk which is about that. Yeah, talk about that for a second. That's interesting because I know people, some people make drastic changes to their life, right? right. They go from zero to 60 and there could be trauma associated <laughs> with that. You know, somebody close sure. to them died. They themselves had a stroke or heart attack or a scare of some sort. And boy, it scares them in a different, different direction. It sounds like, you, I mean, you dropped 25 pounds, which is, you know, more than, more than 10% of your body weight or around 10% of your body weight, at least where it was, right? Simply, it sounds like by cutting sugar, did that happen in conjunction with the exercise regimen? Or was it like, wow, I'm starting to see my, my body weight drop here with the no sugar. What if I add on a little fuel with CrossFit? How did that, how did that go? The, the CrossFit came a little bit later, but it, did, it was in conjunction with uh, you know, a lot of cardio. Uh, it's kind of how I started. You know, I improved the diet, did a lot of cardio, started dropping a lot of weight, and then realized that I could benefit a lot by doing a lot more strength oriented exercises sure. and uh, you know, some, some local guys here uh, that I'm friends with were already doing CrossFit, got me in and uh, it's, it's great. You know, I figure maybe I've got till I'm 50 before, you know, my body won't take it anymore. So <laughs> my, might as well, might as well, you know, or I'll have to dial it back significantly. Just beat the hell out of it until then. Right. Beat the hell out of yeah. your body. until 50. I love it. No, it's good. It's got it. <laughs> right. You know, you know, I, um, I actually did the Atkins diet uh, when I quit playing football, you know, gosh, you know, close to 20 years ago now. And, uh, and it worked. It was great short term, but it was really hard to do. Uh, like I imagine keto is. Uh, and it just, you know, looking back, it doesn't feel like something I could do long term and just doesn't seem like it'd be that sustainable. And now that I've got something that works for me and is a, you know, a lifestyle that I'm comfortable with and, and can ma maintain, you know, this is kind of my, my plan just to keep this up. Makes sense. I'm curious, you, you're in a groove now, you, like you said, sugar, you, you know, you're kind of past the point of craving. It sounds like uh, refined sugar, soda, that kind of stuff. Uh, and you've got this routine that you're in, you know, from a, from a, a, a CrossFit cardio, you got this thing going on, but to break through that's hard. Like to go from sugar, sugar, sugar to no sugar. Can you just, I'm curious, how did you make, that first, whatever it was, 7, 10, 20, 40 day change, was there accountability in place for you? Like, how did you break through to get to where you are now, kind of in this groove? Yeah, I mean, it was really tough. And uh, yeah, I did have to have uh, a couple of accountability partners to keep me honest. And, and frankly, I drank quite a bit of diet soda during that time. Sure. Um, I've cut that out since. Sure. But, yeah, uh, you were tampering down. Yeah. Yeah. But that, uh, you know, I know that's not a very healthy way to do it, but it worked and, you know, got through those cravings and, and, you know, slowly but surely just cut carbs more and more, not to a dangerous, you know, Atkins type level, but, um, but to a sustainable level where I am now. And, but yeah, it was, it was tough. It was a tough, you know, six months to a year, you know, just to drop that weight. And then, like I said, about a year ago, I normalized where I am now. I feel like this is kind of my optimal body weight, you know, I, I think, you know, if you look at the charts, you know, a lot of people that are six four, six five, you know, maybe optimal body weights, you know, 200 pounds, but I think I'm just a bigger guy than that. And I think it'd be really hard for me to have weighed, you know, 280, 285 at one point and been in really good shape at the time. Sure. And, and you know, end up at, at you know, 200. I, I just don't think that's, I think I'd be pretty frail at that level. That's tough. Yeah. The BMI charts and all that stuff. That's, that's tough. I, there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh, controversy, I guess you could say around what right. is, what isn't the ideal weight, but what you said, I, I look, I, I've gone, I went through something similar as far as, 
years ago gave up soda, simply soda. That was it. No other sugars, no other. I ate everything else and drank everything else the same, but I simply gave up soda because like you were saying, I was drinking a ton of it. I was around 30 years old and like 15 pounds fell off of me in like a week. It felt like it was quick. And what you just said, you know, going from, you know, full on soda and sugar, no sugar, but you know, keep the diet Pepsi. Like, I think, I think the, the, the reason people kind of have the up and down is that they do try to go all in at yeah. once with everything. And what you did, you mentioned it's not a healthy way to go to diet Pepsi. I, I'd argue it might be the healthiest way because you were just starting to create a new habit. You were taking the stairs. Like imagine if there was no staircase to go down, right? You just, right. you know, top to bottom, just like that. You'd, you'd be hurt. So you did it in a systematic way and got yourself to this place where you're right where you want to be. And that's, I think, I think that's an awesome story. So kudos to you. Thank Very you. Cool. Uh, let's talk a little bit about family. Uh, where are you today? Married? You mentioned one son. Tell us a little bit more. Yeah, married, one son. I, I think that's kind of where we're going to end up. You know, we're we're in our forties now. So, but um, yeah, my my wife grew up in Colorado as well. You know, she grew up up in the mountains, and you know, we're up there quite a bit. And uh, you know, my son's you know really really fun kid, really smart. Couldn't be prouder of him. And uh, yeah, being a dad is you know the funnest the funnest thing you could ever ever hope for. How long have you been married? Right, you know, right, right about four years. Okay, very cool. Your uh, your son is around that sounds about the same age as yeah. uh, as your as your marriage. Uh, five's a fun age. Mike, I have an older one that's five and a half, and it's a great great age. Way better than those, you know, the one two when they they can't <laughs> communicate with you, whatever. So you are you're definitely entering a fun time for sure. So you've been married four years to your wife. How did you meet? We met at at a bar actually. Yeah, uh, good for you. Here in Denver, yeah. Nice. Yeah, you know, it's just, rare nowadays. Usually it's online. It used to be the other way, but online is the way nowadays. So yeah. you're, a, you're a renaissance man. I love it. Do you know offhand what your life happiness index is? And maybe dig into that a little bit. Like what, uh, where you feel like it's, it's at a high and maybe where are some areas that you think you need to improve upon? Yeah, let me pull up my one sheet again. Sure. I had myself down at like a 5.2. You know, my, my goal is, you know, 7.5. Okay. And I think, you know, I think some areas that I feel like I need to improve, like, for example, giving back, you know, I, I, I've done a lot better of, of that, you know, in, in, around the holidays, did quite a bit. Let's see here. But, you know, before that, I, you know, just it was one of those things I just never made time for, but I've improved with that recently. You know, chill time was you know, something that I really struggled with, you know, just feeling like I've always got to go, go, go and be busy working on deals, you know, making money in my, my main business. Uh, but that was kind of a blessing of COVID, honestly, mm. uh, you know, being able to, you know, obviously they, they shut schools down for a period of time and the lockdowns, it was, it was great to, you know, spend time at home with the family and with my son, you know, got a lot more chill time. It was interesting as I got a lot more chill time in 2020 than, you know, probably the previous 10 years, but actually did uh, a lot more business at the same time. So what does that teach you? I'm curious. What do you do with that? What's the lesson you take from that? You know, one thing that I, that's benefited me, benefited me a ton. You know, if you remember, you know, you were at the Aspen event a year ago, you know, Ed Milet talked about that uh, mini days concept. Sure. Uh, 
And that's one thing I've implemented and it's, it works great for me. It's worked great. You Can know, you so. dive in? Do you mind giving us a little perspective? That, that was a very interesting concept to me. And I, however deep or you want to go, but just give yeah. me an example or maybe how you've implemented yes. that. So the way he says it, you know, describes it in his book and, and the way he talks about it is, you know, the, the idea of a 24 hour day is kind of a made up idea. You know, there's no reason you can't break it into three, eight hour days. You know, one, you sleep, one, you do business, one, you spend with your family, uh, or you can even break it down further than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what, I, what I've been successful doing is, you know, if I map out my morning and I, if I have a really, really good, you know, morning routine leading up to that, what I fa- find is I can do as much between, you know, say, say eight o'clock and noon as I used to be able to do from eight o'clock, you know, to 4 p.m., you know, having a really good morning routine is, is key to kind of kicking myself off, you know, planning the night before as to what, you know, what my little, you know, schedule and plan of attack is that morning. But if I do that, I find I can uh, get just as much done in a much shorter period of time. I mean, it doesn't mean that, you know, I'm not going to have things come up later in the day or, or things to deal with, but but generally what I was able to do, you know, especially being at home was knock those things out early, be very productive and then have a, a lot of open time, you know, to spend with the family and, uh, and it worked phenomenally well. Interesting. That's great. That's great. So you, yeah, you're, you're sort of true to that schedule. Like this is my day, this eight hours, it ends, the day ends and I have to move on to the next day, which right. is, you know, a, a sea change for you. It's a complete transition from where right. you were to what you're doing. It's change of state, if you will. So yeah. very cool. Very cool. I wondered about some of that stuff. And that's what I think is so valuable about, you know, a, a group like GoBundance and events like that is just, you know, you, you just take a nugget here, a nugget there. Right. And it's, it, there's no magic. There's not like you get into a room and like, oh my God, there was so much stuff. There's a few things here or there that just you can take away that really hit you. And when you implement them, they can change your life. Yeah. So I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think the morning, I owe a lot to the morning routine, you know, the cold showers, you know, so a lot, a lot of times my day will look like, you know, I'll do some cardio in the morning. I'll do some meditation, some affirmations, uh, cold shower every morning. Fully yeah. cold, the whole thing, or just like 30 yeah. seconds? It, well, yeah. And it, you started off with, you know, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, and then turning it to hot, and then, you know, work my way up to, to just cold water. And wow. now it's like, if, you know, if I don't take a cold shower in the morning, it's like, you know, it's like missing your cup of coffee. Uh, you feel like you're kind of, you know, you feel like you what, what do you get? I've, I've not done the cold shower thing. Everything else you said I'm down with, but what, give me, give me why. I mean, other than it's shocking the hell out of you, like what is yeah. it about a cold shower that makes it so for you? Like it's, ne- it's a necessity now. Yeah. I mean, you just, you just don't feel as amped up. I, I, I don't feel as amped up. I don't have as much energy or focus. Um, I'm just not in the, the, you know, the state that I'm in after the cold shower, if I miss it. And uh, it's gotten to the point where I just, you know, I, I, I kind of got to have it or I'm just, you know, I feel like I'm sluggish and not really on it if I, if I don't do it. There's something to it. Tony Robbins dives into a, a cold, you know, bath every morning, right? And I hear about, there's books written about cold showers. I mean, a whole book's about the idea of just taking a cold shower. But to your point, there's a ramp up. There's a reason you got to get pumped up for it. So how long have you been doing the cold showers for? You know, basically since the January event last year. So you're. Wow. Wow, good, good it, for you. I'm for, me, for me, it absolutely works. It's it's great. I've not heard one person say it doesn't work for them. So I think I'm uh, I'm a little behind the eight ball on this. So I might have to I might have to implement again. Learning, learning, right? That's <laughs> that's what we do. Uh, you you mentioned contribution a moment ago. Yeah. Um, 
So the, the, the question I'll ask is, do you, do you have a sense of your give back ratio? You can give the amount if you prefer, like how much you gave last year, uh, but maybe the, the amount that you gave to charity, including hours if you want to, divided by your, your adjusted gross income from last year. You know, it's not huge. I'd say, you know, counting for hours and, and just charitable donations, probably about 2%. Okay. Yeah. Right, very good. Is there anything in particular that you spend your time and money on? Any particular areas, charities, that kind of thing? I, I volunteer uh, a little bit for some local charities, um, local children's charities, and then um, you know, with our uh, with our local tribe here, uh, our local chapter. You know, around the holidays, we you know a lot of us, anyways, put together uh, packages for for the homeless and went and passed those out. Um, so I, I did that a few times, actually. Uh, you know, on my own, and you know, because because. You know, Denver, like a lot of cities, you know, homeless problem has, has exploded, you sure. know, the last year. And, uh, you know, generally people are really thankful. It, um, it's been rewarding to go out and, and do that and help people. Yeah, the holidays uh, definitely spur action more than other parts of yeah. the year. You kind of, you know, you lose, yeah. you lose it. You lose focus on it maybe. And then it's like, oh, wow, yeah, the holidays kind of bring that out. So I get why toward the end of the year, maybe you know, <clears> the, bulk <throat> of your, the bulk of your contribution happens. So that makes sense. You talked about your local tribe, the, I guess, Denver, Colorado Springs, I'm guessing is kind of your, your local tribe. You know, how many people are in that? How often do you meet? Tell me a little bit more about what that's all about, what the local, local. Yeah. Tribe is. So I think, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's great now. We've got uh, a really, a couple of really great leaders um, spearheading it. Uh, but I think we've got, um, you know, 18 or 20 guys wow. locally now. So it's, it's gotten pretty big, you know, all our elite members now which I think is a, is a great way to do it. You know, make sure everybody's really serious about it. And, uh, you know, throughout last year, we did a lot of events. I mean, it started off, uh, you know, when COVID was, was early, you know, Zoom calls and we were doing those weekly, you know, when, when things got warmer, we, we got out and did some things, um, some hikes, paintball, stuff like that. And, uh, you know, now we're kind of, you know, back to Zoom calls. But like, for example, last week, we, uh, you know, everybody got to do their one sheets. I think we had 16 guys on the call. All of you did a one sheet, all 16 of you? Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of guys to have go through them, get a little tight on time. Long call. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you know, we, 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 a few of us from the local uh, tribe went up and, and skied uh, a couple weeks ago, you know, so, so pretty active and, and a lot going on. That's really cool. And what I like about that, a couple of things I just want to, for, for those listening. So you mentioned uh, they're all elite guys. So for, for those outside of GoBundance, elite is GoBundance essentially. You have Emerge, which is the course you graduate from, you get to Ascend, uh, which you don't have to be a millionaire for. If you get past that point and get to the millionaire level, you join GoBundance and you start at the elite level and there's a champion level above that. That's what you were mentioning there. But the one sheet piece, all 16 of you going through that, like you said, time consuming, but there's there's a commitment to that, right? It's It is truly, the one sheet is truly the best sort of, uh, in my opinion, sort of grounding tool for what we all do. It's the language we all speak. It's the thing that we all have, right? So for all of you to go through it and listen and be a part of that for 16 of you, that shows extreme commitment. I think that's really, really cool. Even though it took, I'm sure, I'm sure it wasn't all exciting and, and amped up uh, content, <laughs> but really, really cool that you did that. So I think that's, I think that's awesome. 
What is your biggest your biggest business goal? I think you kind of touched on it, but anything other than uh, you know your development deals, your biggest business goal for the next twelve months in in any area of your of your life? Yeah, so for my my main business, you know, it's it's to uh, generate greater than a million dollars in fee income uh, for twenty twenty. You know, came came pretty close to that last year. Uh, it was a goal last year that I didn't quite hit, but really close. Um, so I, I'm confident I will blow through that this year. And that's, you know, in, in our industry, that's kind of a big, you know, hurdle, you know, generally it's kind of looked at as once, once you pass that, you know, you're, you're obviously a really established, you know, player in the business. You're six, seven at that point, no right. longer six, four, you grow three, four inches, right? That's what happens. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that makes sense. How about your biggest is, that, you know, maybe that is, but your biggest personal goal for the next year or so. Biggest personal goal is to add, you know, two horizontal income streams this year. And and that'll look like you know duplex, fourplex type type things, um, but I, I will purchase two of those this year. Nice. Are you looking in Denver or just any market that uh, that you're in, interested in particular? Denver is tough yeah. uh, right now. Uh, Colorado Springs is a little bit better, although a lot of people are, are flooding into there. A few mid Midwest markets that I'll consider. You know, so so fairly open. My, it feels like, you know, some of these Midwest markets are, are probably where I'll end up, mm-hmm. you know, obviously better returns, you know, you know, here in Denver, it's hard to find anything that the cash flows. Yeah. Yeah. No, when I lived in Boston, that was the impossible thing, which is why we didn't invest there. It was, impo- I shouldn't say impossible. I'm sure there's deals that cash flow, like you said, but I wasn't finding them. So we had to invest elsewhere. Now in Michigan, I'm in the area that you can actually invest in. So it's kind of cool. And if you needed any help with that, let me know. I mean, I know there's plenty yeah. of guys in the tribe that invest in the Midwest, but uh, if I can, if I can find a connection or two for you, feel free to reach out. Thank you. How about, uh, how about, let's talk about some bucket list adventure stuff. You've been to Aspen, any other GoBundance trips that you've been on? Yeah, let's see. You know, Breckenridge before that. Been to you know the the winter event in Tahoe. I think three other times. I, mean, I joined in 2014, so wow. I've been. And uh, you know, the first few events were were in Tahoe. We had a summer event here. Summer kind of mountain climbing, hike, hiking oriented mastermind. And we had one in Philly, 2014, 2015 time frame, and. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there's probably one or two others, but you know, over the years, but yeah. So you've been to a ton and you're in every year from 2014 through now. What, what draws you back? What draws you to the events and what draws you back year after year, you know, to go abundance? I'm curious. Yeah. I mean, every, every event is, you know, you come out of there just, just feeling like you're ready to tackle that year with a lot more energy than you had beforehand. Um, great connections, you know, meet a lot of guys that, um, you know, are, are, are really inspiring personally for me, really motivating, you know, I've done business with a number of guys that I've met at the events over the years and uh, you know, the, the speakers and the content and the accountability has, has been huge for me. I love that. The, the, the thing I hear a lot of people ask, like, what does it do for you? And I always say it doesn't do anything for you. Like being in the group does nothing for you, but you can leverage the infinite possibilities that it presents to your point, whether it's motivation, inspiration, and drive that you need from the events or business partners or people to do business with or servicing them as customers, as I'm sure you have, there's so much available to you in any mastermind, but in particular this mastermind, because it's so targeted, so focused, it's very specific as far as who the avatar is in this group. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't speak to the value enough in my couple of years in the tribe. So, but yeah, congrats, man. I didn't know you were in that long. I knew you were before me, but not that much before. So that's amazing. What are three of your past greatest hits? 
Past greatest hits, I would say, you know, had some had some wins from some uh, some seeds I planted uh, during during the downturn. Actually, two thousand nine, ten. You know, we did some you know some private equity deals that that paid off well. You know, a few years later, like 20, 2015, 2016 timeframe, had some big wins from some from some private equity and real estate deals that, that we did during the downturn, you know, got people that had cash to invest that, uh, infuse that into projects that, you know, the people involved with at the time, you know, were, were pretty much broke and in the downturn. And I, and obviously with everything turning around, that, that all worked out great. So yeah, I had a couple of those here locally in Denver that, that were phenomenal, you know, growing, you know, my, my main business of debt and equity, uh, to the level it got to in 2020 is is the greatest hit, and then the the biggest greatest hit of mine is uh, you know getting married, having my son, and developing a great family life. Yeah, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. So you mentioned about some of the goals that you have: a million in fee income, adding two streams of horizontal income in the next year. But beyond that, in the next year or however far, what are what are some some greatest hits in the future that you're looking for? Some bucket list stuff that you're uh, that you maybe have had on there that you're looking forward to doing one day. Yeah, and, and we love to travel. You know, we, we got to Europe summer of 2019 uh, for a couple of weeks, and uh, that really got us in the bug, which obviously has been curtailed more recently. But, uh, you know, getting to Australia uh, with the family, uh, South Pacific is, is, is on our bucket list. And I think, you know, the, the idea is, is, you know, as soon as we can do that safely, you know, you know maybe this, this coming summer or fall, we'll, we'll get down there. Um, there's some other places in Europe that, that we want to hit and we'll do that in the next couple of years that we didn't get to hit the first time we went a couple of years ago now. I have a feeling Europe is going to be flooded in about two years with the pent up <laughs> demand. Like you always think it's going to be there and then, you know, something like COVID kind of takes it away and it's like, oh, okay, maybe I should yeah. do that before something else happens. So, cause we're the same thing. I've heard so many people, me included say, I got to get to this Europe trip, however long and whatever I want to do. So right. I mean, I, I feel blessed that we got there, you know, six, eight months before you couldn't, you know, go, yeah. go anymore. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be back there soon, next couple of years. And, uh, you know, one or two other, you know, international bucket list trips. Very cool. I love it. I love it. Well, let's do this. Let's wrap this up with a question from the, uh, from the GoBundance card game. You can download anybody out there, the GoBundance app, and you'll get the card game. It auto-generates. I just hit the button, generate new card. And here's the question I got. So you ready for it? I'm ready. What did you learn from your greatest failure? I learned that uh, I learned a lot about myself. I learned that if I don't stick to routines, um, if I don't practice affirmations, you know, if, if I just kind of let myself, you know, go and I'm not super proactive, you know, things will go downhill really fast. You know, you know, my, you know, I, I did that before in my late twenties, um, you know, just kind of got off the track, um, didn't have a routine mainly and, you know, had some success before that and, you know, wiped it all out, uh, in a relatively short period of time. Yeah. I've been back on track generally since then and a lot more recently, but, um, the biggest takeaway was, uh, routines and, you know, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I remember hearing uh, uh, Hal Elrod talk about his his low, and the first thing he was asked by a, a business partner or a friend was, you know, he was in financial ruin at the time. Was something to the effect of, "What's your workout regimen look like? What does your morning routine look like?" Right? Like, you know, what are those things? Because to your point, even when you're you're you know, if you're out of money, you're dead broke, or whatever the case may be, which hopefully none of us are, 
you can lean into those routines to build upon, build upon, right? Like it's, it's, uh, it's essentially creating systems and processes of the human variety so that you can build off of that and build a foundation for yourself. So I think that's a great, great message. Great, great message. Mark, is there anywhere where people can follow you, learn more about you, anywhere you'd like to direct them to? The only thing I would say is um, for, for those of you that uh, own commercial real estate or multifamily or looking at uh, getting into those, you know, we're one of the most active uh, debt and equity groups out there. You know, happy to give you an update on where the market is, you know, what those things look like for any particular deal, you know, refinance or acquisition, you know, reach out uh, mjeffries at northmark, N-O-R-T-H-M-A-R-Q.com. Email me anytime. Happy to set up a call or a Zoom call and just kind of talk about the market, the state of, uh, of what's feasible and what you can expect on any particular deal. Beautiful. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you, Mark, for being on today. And uh, we'll see you hopefully at the next event. Likewise. Thanks, Jamie. Appreciate it. Thank you. In life, to be honest, I failed as much as I've succeeded. But I love my wife. I love my life. And I wish you my kind of success. Don't step to me, bitch. Now you can see.